Welcome to another edition of The Electric Chair. Of course, I'm your host, Midnight Corey, and I am so happy this time around to be speaking with actress, model, and all-around extremely cool person, Melanie Robel. Melanie, thank you for talking with me tonight. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. It Welcome is. back. Oh, yeah. You know you know what's crazy? I just, uh, I'm not sure if you know, but I just came off of a hiatus. I had to take like a month or two off here just around the holidays because things were getting too crazy. And um, I, actually, I'm, I'm really uh, I appreciate you for kind of hanging in there with me because I know we scheduled a couple things and then I canceled a couple times and and so, I canceled a couple times. Yeah, it's it's been nuts back and forth, but uh, I appreciate that. Like I said, you've hung in there with me and uh, we're still able to talk and and uh, but you were the very first guest on the electric chair when I started this up uh, last like April and yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so. Uh, it's just really cool that you're the first guest again when I'm coming back sort of off of a break and uh, I'm just I really appreciate that uh, you're taking your time to speak with little old Corey here on the show so I appreciate your support and having me on here at all times well you're you're absolutely awesome I have been trying to keep up with you like I said on uh, you know Facebook and things um, because you post a lot you're just so busy you're into so much and, uh, man, even since the last time we talked, um, I think, you know, I think the latest things were uh, you were still kind of wrapping up uh, Postmortem America 2021. And yeah. uh, you were doing the web series and uh, a couple other things. But now I get on your IMDb and you are filling that out really nice. Um, so what have you been up to? Well, um, next month in March, I'll be shooting a film called A Blood Story, and that has a lot of amazing people. If you go to IEDP.com and you type in A Blood Story, or go to um, Facebook and you type in A Blood Story, the fan page will set up, like come up and everything. 
and I was really excited about it. It's one of like the bigger roles that I've had. And it's really different and it's really kind of weirdly romantic. I can't go into too much detail about it because Joe might kill me. But it's directed by Joe Hollow and written by Joe Hollow. And it has a lot of classic indie actors and brand new ones coming up like me and uh, Mark Hansen and, all, and, you know, and people like that. So it's really cool. And the tagline is, till death do us part. Nice. Nice. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and there, there's actually a lot of other really interesting things on here that I'm going to ask you about. And again, a lot of these are kind of in pre-production and post-production. And, yeah, you know, I, I realize you can't talk about all of them right now. But right. Um, one that jumps out at me right now is Go Go Girls versus the Nazis. That's, uh, <laughs> I love that yes. title. I did it too. It's in pre-production. And again, if you go to like Go Go Girls versus Nazis.com, um, it's also on IMDb, but sadly, it's still in the development stage, and it's like a preliminary casting. That's what it says on IMDb. So you know how that goes. Things change because schedules and stuff. But that has me, Deborah Lamb, Mathelna Blackmore, Andy Schechner. Oh, shit. Who else is part of it? My bad. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. I have a blank. But basically, Go Go Girl Games, Lucy, you're not supposed to type on the keyboard. <laughs> See, I told you, my cat loves Skype. I know, your Skype. cat wants to join us tonight. This is great. She loves Skype, so. Say hi, Lucy. Oh. <laughs> I feel bad. I should have turned on my camera tonight. You know, this is an audio thing we're doing, but uh, everyone out there listening right now, I can, I can see Melanie, and I, I didn't even bother, the jerk that I am, to even turn on my webcam so she can see me. But uh, I'm watching, uh, you know, Melanie right now and her, her uh, very beautiful cat. And you're very beautiful as well, Melanie. <laughs> Actually, you're looking great. I know you've lost some weight and you've, uh, you know, been, uh, been working out, getting back into dancing and stuff. And wow. Yeah, I've been doing pole dancing. Oh, but we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Yeah. Michelle um... Blackmore, <laughs> Ted Alderman, Elvis Thayo, who you would recognize as one of the gangbangers in Gran Torino. Oh, cool. Um, who's this chick? I feel so bad. Allison Grace. She's one of the Go-Go Girls. And Richard Chandler, who is one of, I believe, is going to be one of the Nazis. And it's written by um, Ross Bigley. And it's a tribute film to Russ Meyer. Oh, cool. Cool. So, you know, it's like one of those things. Like, any guy out there will love it because it has big boobs and big guns. Hey. <laughs> Hey, and, and, you know, what more evil people can you battle against than the Nazis? You know, it's like, I just love seeing Nazis being torn up and everything. So that's. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I love it. Like, um, my family in Norway was actually there when Hitler walked through Sweden. Oh, that's wow. why a lot of the Norwegians and Swedes don't like each other because it's better now because of generations, you know, growing up and everything. But for a while, because Sweden was such a, like, um, like I don't remember the technical term, but they didn't like getting involved in things. So they let Hitler go through. And they said, my family has always said, according to um, history, that if Sweden had fought, that Norway would never have been taken like over. And... My great uncle used to tie some of the Nazi soldiers' um, boots together and put tar <laughs> on their sleds. 
<laughs> all like on these skis and stuff, so they couldn't go anywhere. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, but talking about working out, one of the things I absolutely will endorse is pole dancing. It's a lot of hard work, and I got into back into the pole dancing aspect because of the movie by my friend Francis Monzo, who I met on Girl Scout Cookies wrote a movie and it's called Red Light Kate and it's about a young stripper who's played by Frances Monzo and it's you know and it's a big thing of um does she fall into the lifestyle or does she go back to school and it's more of dealing with that and abuse so it's a really good edgy film and you know and she tries to better her life and you know and and it's like my pole dancing teacher told me, if you treat it as a job, you know, it's a bit different. But if you go there and you get into, like, the social aspect, yeah, you can go through a downward spiral. So, it, you know, it's about that aspect of life. And that has Francis Monzo, Michael Emery, Marty Dew, Melody Jordan, Sean C. Phillips, Monique Dupree, Mindy Robinson, Vera Nova, um, Castle and Rosa, and Anthony Almos, and it's directed by Sean Williams. Very nice. Very nice. Excuse oh, me. bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Ah. Well, pole dancing, I mean, that's really cool. It actually, um, you know, I, I think there's a certain stigma, of course, attached to it because, of course, of stripping and things like that. But, of man, course. I admire that. I mean, it takes an enormous amount of strength and balance and, and everything to do that. I just, I couldn't imagine yeah. Of course, I'm a guy, so I, I, I'm not really interested in trying it. But you know, <laughs> I, I, I really, really admire you for that because it is it, it it is really, really difficult. It's really hard work. Like one of the things is like I'm on lesson number four, and I had to I got to learn how to do is you use your shoulder blade and your hip just as a contact point, and you wrap your body around the pole like while you're on the pole, so you look kind of like a corkscrew. And I'm at the point where we're working on lifting one back leg, and if I can build the flexibility up, I can grab the leg behind me and hang on the pole just by using your shoulder blade and your hip. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Sounds painful. Man. It's, you know, it's really <laughs> kind of funny. It's really not that painful when you do it. It's more like afterwards. Like, I have bruises. I had pole burn. Yes, you can get pole burn. Oh. <laughs> wow. Is there any special thing you do? I mean, do you use any sort of, like, powder? You know, like, gymnasts use the powder and stuff. Do you, do you yeah. use anything like that? I use the thing my teacher told me about. It's called tight grip. And it's a... Um, it's like a lotion that makes you not sweat. So, like, I have to put it, like, on my hands. I put it on my neck. I put it like on my shoulder blades. I think we're gonna have to start putting it like on my hip and my back because I sweat like a pig. <laughs> and you put it like on your legs, your back of your like your back of your knee and everything, and it stops the sweat. And the guy who made tight grip was actually a golfer. Oh wow! Isn't that that makes sense. Yeah. And I have to give a shout out to my teacher, Katie Sutra. You need a pole champion 2012. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're getting into that again, because I know how much, you know, you used to dance and I know that you miss it a lot. And there's just been a lot going on since then. And now that you can get back into it and you're getting stronger and, and everything, that's that's fantastic. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, a couple more things here on your IMDb. Um, of course, uh, um, there's a listed here Astro Zombies M4 Invaders from Cyberspace. Um, that especially caught my eye because I'm a fan of uh, the original film Astro Zombies from the 60s. Um, I love Ted V. Michaels. And He's so, amazing. yeah, yeah. So uh, tell me about this. What's your, what's your part in that movie? I was basically an extra because sometimes I'll like going back and just doing extra work. And if you watch it, don't blink. I'm like the girl who fights off lasers with awesome. a mirror. <laughs> Only Ted V. Michaels, you know? But that one, oh my gosh, I forgot about that one, actually. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. But it's like they go through the computer or something. I haven't seen it. I need to see it. But they go through the computer and they try, try to, you know, get rid of mankind again. Um, yeah, they, tack, they find a way to tack through the internet. Nice. And through a stolen computer chip in Berlin. And they actually went to they actually had a team in germany to do it and they also had a team here in florida and they also had a team in um vegas so it's pretty you know i think he's a good lesson of once you find the right team you can delegate because he's like almost like what 80 years old oh yeah it's amazing he's still making films I, he's just uh wow he's a machine he really is yeah he is he is. He's somebody, I feel he's he's that guy that proves that, yeah, people might jack off your ideas, but as long as you keep fighting and you keep going at it, you can become successful. I mean, you may not be A-list successful, but you can definitely tell by him, success is a matter of what you feel that your career has gotten to. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and how many directors out there, how many filmmakers out there, um, are still making films, you know, four decades later, almost five decades later now. You know, I think Astro Zombies was like, the original was like, what, 64 or something like that? Yeah. So it was like 40 so years there. ago. You know, I mean, if you really more than think that. About it, yeah, if you really, really think about it, he was ahead of his time. I mean, like, yeah. you know, let's just face it. Ed Wood, Ed Wood was amazing as in, like, bad cinema that actually made it to the mainstream level. <laughs> yeah. It took some years, I feel, but... Ted B. Michaels, you could definitely tell, like, when you watch his movies, how the acting world has changed since his day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he's just, he's ahead of, he was ahead of his time. I mean, look at The Doll Squad, and you look at that, and you can definitely tell that they stole that idea for Charlie's Angels. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it is amazing when, uh... And that's so much like even even especially Hollywood filmmaking. You know, a lot of the great ideas coming through Hollywood right now are actually pioneered by indie filmmakers, B movie filmmakers, um, even even decades and decades ago. And it just oh, didn't reach you know the the level of mainstream popularity enough uh, for anyone to really flag it or to have a problem with you ripping off the ideas because it's Hollywood. Exactly. So, you know. Exactly. I mean, and I also think, you know, that's one thing you, I really have to thank is Ted B. I think he's the reason why there's a lot more ethnic girls, more exotic looking girls today in Hollywood, because look at Tatura. 
Interesting. Um, Satana, I think that is how you pronounce her last name from Pussycat Kill Kill. Yeah. I mean, he really picked her up and sweeped her up. You know, she may not have gotten into, like, mainstream, like, Earth Kit, but she was definitely... Isn't, isn't she, like, technically the first Asian mixed girl? Oh, wow, I'd have to... I gotta go look that up now, because you might be right. Man. But yeah, he's uh, he's just an amazing artist, and uh, he just yeah. he does what he wants, which is great. You know, he's uh, I don't think he's particularly swayed by like you know trends and fads and stuff. And yeah, he's made a lot of these Astro Zombies movies and things just because he can, and he's having fun with it. And exactly. so, yeah, yeah. So did I? Uh, how closely did you work with Ted? Did you get to meet him? And did you? Uh, how much sort of interaction did you have with him? Sadly, I didn't get to meet him. Uh, my best friend, Kevin Shawn Michaels, is actually the person who got me involved in it. Oh, like, yeah. the first Astro, like, the, not the first Astro Zombies, but the first one that I did, M3, cloned. Mm-hmm. They needed a girl who can do, like, the action and the karate, and he was like, you gotta get on the phone, God, you gotta email them. And I'm like, because their girl dropped out, you know how that goes, you're like, okay, I'll do it later, I'll get home. And he was like, no, and I was about to go somewhere with my mom, It's like, mom... Kevin usually is not like this, but he told me to go and get on this. So I have to go inside and submit my stuff. And I got in. So I was just like, shoo. Which I think that has helped me in the acting world. I mean, it may be like Ted B. Michaels people. You know, like that group of people are so small in this big world of the horror films. Mm. But that small group, I think, has really, it really helped me jumpstart into these some of these things because I got into a movie called The Fallen One because I basically emailed him and I said, along the lines of, I don't remember verbatim, I'm like, I wanted this movie. I'm not going to take no. My hero is in there. And that's it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't think I was that nice. <laughs> like, and here's my info. And he was like, you work with Ted D. I'm like, well, I didn't work with him, but I was in the Florida Second Union. You know, but yes, I was in a Tippy Michaels film. <laughs> so it helped me get into that movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'll find even you know, especially with Ted V and and a lot of the other you know seemingly uh, maybe more uh, low low budget or niche kind of, of things like that. There's always a certain uh, I think uh, cult fa- fan base going on, and exactly. people I, I think people who are really really cool and really really with it are going to know and they're going to respect that um you know you're working with all these people and again you're not you know you're not out there working with the big hollywood names but i think you're working with a nice uh very nice base of uh of people who have a lot of cred in cult followings yeah. and i think that's really helpful and and to me that's very very cool i, I just love uh seeing what you're doing and and uh so no, I, I think that it definitely does help, and it's not a negative thing whatsoever. So. Not at all. No, no. So, man, oh, you've been doing so much. Now, tell me about Technopolis. Um, is that something you mentioned? Of course, it's on the top of your IMDb list. And this is a web series? Yes, this one's a web series. I'm not really sure about details. I know it's going into development status because um, he's been very secretive about it. But it's a after it's after a civil war, a totalitarian dictator rises in the futuristic city known as Technopolis. 
and it's what you know and it's more in the future aspect and it's really neat because um i don't know if you've seen some of the openings but it seems like something like sci-fi channel would like nice i love sci-fi movies it's really and it's really kind of it's kind of it's a weird group of people too it's like different dynamics because you have several of bad guys on there and my favorite is toxic and he he's getting a makeover but he wears his gas mask and he wears his suit so you have him and then you have another bad guy who also wears suits i think he's a bad guy i haven't really figured out all of the groupings but you have this other one called mr gray and then you have the, these badass chicks called the Super 13. And I'm in the ones called the Others. And they're like the FBI agents. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm Agent Blush on there. And I'm like this rogue um, agent that wears cowboy boots and suits. Kind of masculine. But when you like get me in the dress and that happens, it's going to be like, whoa. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, uh, when that's um, has that started up yet? That's that's sort of still in production, or not yet? It's still in development. It's cool. still working out kinks and stuff. Which you know, I respect the fact that he's really secretive about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but of course, you know, as soon as that comes out, I'll be. Uh, Telling people where to go and watch oh, it, and yeah, uh, yeah I'll be seeing it, and that's cool. It's actually, you know, from from the standpoint of the 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 makers of this series, I think that's kind of smart to maybe be keeping people in the dark, especially like the actors in the dark about what's going to happen, because maybe as episodes go along, that element of surprise, um, you'll actually be finding out maybe about things that. Uh, you don't even know where it's going, and maybe sort of there'll there'll be a twist that surprises even you, as an actor, well, and maybe exactly. that that comes through then in your character, and it makes it that more real. Oh, exactly. You know, that's one thing I love about soap operas and stuff. Sometimes you don't always get the backstory, so you have to come up as a backstory to make the, the scene work and make mm. sense. Oh yeah, yeah. So man, that is so exciting and. Uh, Wow, wow. And I hear, actually, you know, we mentioned uh, Postmortem America uh, 2021 that uh, we talked about uh, the first time you were on the show, and I am so excited for I think this, you know, all your projects look look really exciting. I, I, I just want to watch them all. But uh, <laughs> especially that one because I'm a big zombie guy. I love zombie movies, and, uh, of course, that is a zombie movie. Um, so I was reading up about this, and it's exciting. They're planning on a release this year. Um, and things are going. They've been releasing different uh, different statements about it on Facebook, and I think the website and everything. And uh... yeah, I I really don't know about the release date. Um, I hate saying release dates and it doesn't happen. Or, yeah. So I'm not really sure about that. But if you really want to know, you have to contact the director Cameron Scott. And I know Thomas Prudinsky, who made the Italian zombie movie. I love Tom. Tom is one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. Yeah, he's editing it for Cameron. Really? Yeah. He never told me that. I bastard. I talk with Tom a lot, actually, on Facebook. And I've hung out with him at conventions. And uh, I was actually, I interviewed him 
Um, I think that was his very first interview that he ever did when he first put out um, part one and two of the Italian zombie movie. And I interviewed him and, you know, Jeff Bromley. And I think there, there were like six or eight different cast members. And yeah. um, I was his first interview. And like, Tom's great. Yeah, yeah. I saw some of it. Like, I didn't really understand a lot of it because I'd never seen an Italian zombie movie. I know, I know. <laughs> shameful. But that's okay. Uh, from what I saw, it does not even look like it, it was an independent film. It's quite yeah. amazing that it was just a bunch of friends <laughs> making a film. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's editing it, and I'm really excited to see it because I'm dying to know what what happened with the film. Because like a lot of the stuff in there was improv, and only a few of us really stuck to the script. So it's going to be really, really, really interesting. And that one was really, really hard for me to play because there were certain aspects of the character that I did because I felt as an actor I didn't have the right to say no to. And I was kind of excited, but not really for some of the changes that happened. But I did it because that's the professional thing to do. And, I, you know, and I, this is definitely going to be one of those films that if you're really easily offended, don't watch it. I love those kind of movies. So but it definitely pushed the boundaries. <laughs> it pushed my boundaries, and I just oh, wow. remember being upset about it and hugging my cats, going, "I'll be fine." <laughs> really? Oh wow, wow. Well, I'm definitely going to be emailing Tom about this tonight and saying, "Dude, yeah. what's up?" <laughs> you should be like, "You should be like, Tom. I deserve a copy, damn it, and I want oh. one to teach people." <laughs> screener first and i would be like yeah well you know what actually i i feel bad demanding that kind of thing from tom because actually he has he has given me so many copies of everything that he's done i have like three different uh editions of the italian zombie movie he sent me the giant rubber monster movie um what was it the uh noir mageddon that he did i mean all of his stuff he sends me all these dvds and he's like dude i'll just send them to you I'm like tom let me pay you man come on no 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 it's on me it's cool it's cool so for me to come and actually demand something of Tom, <laughs> you know, I'm, I kind of feel like a bastard doing that. So, you know, I wouldn't do that. And he's I a great guy. I really want to work with him. Thomas, if you're listening to this, you better hire me. <laughs> I would love to see you in a Burdinsky film. I think it would be amazing. It It'd would. Be so amazing. All right. It's official. It's official. We're going to gain up on him. Oh, I love it. I love it. Man. No, but that's cool. You haven't seen, you know, Italian zombie films and things like that. A lot of a lot of the crazy craziness from the 70s that, uh, man, really, uh, I love them. Uh, it, but it, it takes, a, I think, a special kind of person to really appreciate those. It's, uh, it's very different. It's not American at all. Yeah. It's, and it's uh, not what an American fun. audience would necessarily appreciate. Well, that, and also, like, especially with Dario Argentino, like, I saw Suspura, and I saw his version of the Phantom of the Opera, mm -hmm. and I was just like, that's not the Phantom of the Opera I'm familiar <laughs> with. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those things where it's like, you can't be easily offended when you watch some of the European um, films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, They're... so different over there. Like, I got to work on a stand-in for a... And sadly, I didn't make the trailer, bastards. But, <laughs> just kidding. But, no, but seriously, I didn't make it in the trailer. But um, 
it's a show called for hit women and i was standing for one of their french actresses and it was it's so funny how the european mindset and american mindset are so different because they were like so because i kind of i don't open my mouth a whole lot about doing nudity at all but i was reading um the release forms and i was just like this is the best nudity writer I've ever seen in my life. Where did you find this? And they were like, oh, you do nudity? And, then, you know, and of course, you know, when you get really excited about seeing something like that's so nice and clear, like, you have, you're doing this, you're showing this, this is, you know, it was like to that exact detail. And I never really, I've never seen a release form like that. And they handwrite it in, what, like, exactly what you did. And they're like, I was like, yeah, I've done it a couple of times. No big deal. You have to pay me, though, but not a big deal. And they're like, oh, we will remember that. And American girls are so prudish. And you're going to go further because you're willing to do more. And I'm like, it's just a human body. You know? It's, <laughs> hey, right. just, it's just so funny. Oh, yeah. The Europeans are much more open and free about that kind of thing. And. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different mindset, and I don't think a lot of times Americans get it um, because there's there's so much more. Of course, you know the, the sexual aspect is, is a big part of it, but there are just other things that uh, Europeans do and and think about, and you know, consequently make movies about that uh, you know we don't understand because you know we exactly. eat at McDonald's and we you know we watch TV all day and you know. We're Americans, so we don't we don't we don't get that whole thing. But I just no, it's true. It's extremely true. It's really funny because my mom is full like is full is from um, Norway. Well, she's not full blooded Norwegian, but you know she lived in Norway, and so we were brought up with a more of a European attitude. Mm. And my thing, I like you know it depends. Like if you're a first time director, no way in hell am I doing nudity for you. No way. Mm -mm. No, you're not ready for that as a first time. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's certain limitations that I won't do. Like, I've heard stories and I've known of some people who actually act like they were having, like, you know, you kind of take, they take things a little bit too extreme and stuff. And I'm just like, no, that's not my, that's not my taste. Right. No. So you really have to put your foot down with a lot of things, too. So, girls, if you do nudity, even guys, you have to know how far are you willing to go. And how to pose your body because there's certain body parts I won't expose at all. <laughs> oh, really? Huh. So, you know, and it's really funny, and a lot of people would laugh at me when they hear this, but depending on what it is, I'll sit in front of the mirror and practice and be like, can you see this? Nope. Okay, I'm good. And a lot of that's from my dance training, too. Well, no, that makes total sense. And, uh, you know, so much of it, you're exactly right, has uh, to do with. How you're standing, the angle, the lighting—I mean, there, there's so much that goes into it, and I think you have to have so much faith in the director and the crew and everybody doing it that they know exactly what they're doing, that they're going to flatter you, um, oh, and exactly. you know, absolutely, because even you know, let's be honest, even the most perfect human form, um, you know, somebody out there who seems to just have no flaws physically whatsoever. Um, that is, I think, a lot of a product of good lighting, good angles, just uh, the right people taking those shots. Um, well, that, and also, know? it's 
the woman too because one thing like a lot of people don't realize and this is a lot of difference between the different levels if you watch boardwalk empire and i'm only saying this because from a woman's standpoint of view and from what i've been told by people early in my career i've been so thankful for people who haven't like oh you'll be okay and just let me off you know let me out in the dark one of the things is that's really different is if you watch boardwalk empire that time period a lot of the women were a lot hairier, especially like with um, like with Magic City and stuff. And if you look at horror, a lot of them, um, they're clean shaven, it's a polite way of saying it. Right. <laughs> and if you look at some of the um, the, some of the other quality movies, like the like with the B, with like the C, yeah, like the A, B, and sometimes the C listers, those kind of budgets. They have a landing strip, and a lot of that is is if you're clean shaven, the wrong angle it goes from PG thirteen sometimes to R to NC seventeen to X mm. because it's all about that. So right. you know, it's like with Girl Scout cookies. I had to be really careful with that because my outfit was really really tiny, and that's the last thing that we needed was me going accidentally full boy and be like, hello, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, right, right. So you have to you have to be really really careful and mindful of those things. Right. Yeah, I mean there's a fine line between a lot of that and and something that is sleazy and cheap yes. and borderline sort of soft core porn sort of things cuz you don't want to get into that whole thing because you 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 sort of get stigmatized at that point and 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 labeled and and, and crazy. So you you have to be so careful. And uh, especially, yeah. you know, being an actress, to, you know, guys, not so much, but uh, actresses, it, it's just that's a fine line to walk. It's very, you know, and it's sad to say it's a very hypocritical and double standard kind of a film. Hmm. A guy, I feel, can take his clothes off and recuperate while women, it's like, oh, you got naked for him. Why won't? Because that's happened to me before, too. They'll like I have people here who like. Well, why won't you be in my production? I'm looking at them going, I won't get naked for you for free. If you want to see all of this, you're going to have to go down and show me your paycheck or how much you're going to pay me. Right. Hmm. Because it's, it's, you know, it's not your reputation on the line. It's my reputation on the line. Right. And, you know, it's like with Marley Madeline, too. You know, there's a part in there where she jumps into the pool naked and they're in the tournament with the lesser god. And the director was nice and said, you have to stick your legs together. That cameraman, if he was a skeezy man, could sell that footage. Hmm. So you just, you just don't know. Right. You don't know, that, you don't know where that footage is going to. Right, right. And you know what's so interesting? Uh, you know, we talk about the just the hypocrisy and sort of the double standard when it comes to guys' nudity versus girls' nudity in films. Um, have you seen 28 Days Later? Yes. The beginning of the film, of course, uh, Cillian Murphy is uh, sort of the lead actor in that. And uh, he wakes up in a hospital and he, is, he, he gets up off the, off the bed or the gurney or whatever he's on. And he's completely nude. Um, and we see everything, front, back, everything like that. Um, and really, I haven't heard a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of criticism of that. Um, you know, he hasn't been labeled 
with that. Oh, he's the guy that was naked in 28 Days Later. Um, because actually he's a, he's a fairly successful actor. Um, yeah. And uh, so, in, you know, looking at it from the other point of view, if that was a woman who happened to wake up in a hospital and you saw everything, um, that would really, I think, affect her career from then on, especially being a film such as 28 Days Later that was huge. You know, everybody would have seen her, and exactly. it would have been so much different for a woman. I think also it depends on the actor, too, like the actress, because I think when you're a specific character type, it's kind of like, oh, it's I'm not surprised. Like, you know, let's just, let's use two completely different people. Like, if you see me and Jessica Cameron, I think... You look at me and you would go, okay, I'm not surprised that she did nudity in the film because, well, right now my hair is longer because I'm growing, I grew it out for a blood story and a couple other future productions. But um, you would look at me and her and you look at me with the short blonde hair and her with the long blonde hair. I think if anybody had more repercussion of career wise, I think it'd be more like Jessica Cameron because she's the typical blonde, you know brown-eyed boob girl i mean you know it's just the way it is look at her photos while you look at me it's a little bit different because i'm more edgy i'm more exotic and i'm a lot younger looking than she is Hmm. so you know if you are a stereotypical pretty girl and you're you know i think it's more repercussive um more damaging i mean look at chloe signe you know chloe signe who was an american horror story she basically gave her boyfriend Felicio, I think it's like in the movie called Brown Bunny or oh, Brown wow. Bag or Brown Paper Bag, something brown bag. Supposedly, I haven't seen it. And she's been on some really good shows like Big Love and Sister Wise, but it's she's edgier looking. So hmm. it's a little bit different. Wow. That's my take on it. No, that's that's that makes total sense. Um yeah, I guess it's all in your image. It's all in your look, and it, it's just again, it just seems so much, uh, so much harder to manage that uh, as a female uh, yeah, than as it, a male. Yeah, it really is. You, know? you really, you really, really, really have to choose. I mean, it was like it was pretty funny because I remember being on one set, and we're not going to mention names and who it is, <laughs> but I was standing there with a friend of mine, and they were like, "Well." you know, you do nudity and you do these sexual scenes and you're not going to go anywhere because of that. And I'm just looking at that person. I'm going, you know, one day I'm thinking to myself going, thank you for degrading me on that because one day I'm going to be making more money than you because, and I'm willing to do more, I'm going to stay longer in the industry than you. Yes. Yes. And a lot, you know, and I'm like thinking to myself going, you know, I'm pretty, I'm more open when it comes to being on stage. And that's a lot of that's because of me and being a ballerina and things like that. But the thing that I never understood, and this is my pet peeve, is if you do these really sexy dick teasing pictures and you don't expect, and people, you get mad when people ask you to go naked, stop taking those pictures. Right. Right. Because you are what you put your promote yourself out. Like, you know, um, People like, you know, it's really, really funny because I'm one of those, I won't say what my sexuality is because I'm labeled so much in the industry that I just don't care, you know, 
But right. because of the fact that I have short hair, people are, you know, people are like, oh, you're a lesbian, ha ha, you know, and you're like, ha ha ha, know your business, asshole. It's just, it goes with the, it goes with the image. Yeah. It's just what it is. It's stereotypical. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing how quick people are to uh, want to label you, uh, you know, sexually and uh, yes. really bring that to the forefront and sort of bypass that you're an actual human being. And, you know, you, there's so much more to you than the sexual dimension. Um, and uh, people just want to seem to focus on that. Like, ooh, wow, you have short hair. So, well, you must be a lesbian, right? Or you, you're at least bi, right? You know? And, you know, people just, they put so much weight into that. And to me, I mean, it's just stupid. I just want to get to know you as a human being. And uh, that's... I don't know. That's uh, I, I just uh, I want to find out what your passions are, what your talents are, what your interests are. I mean, what you're what you're doing and the sort of uh, impact that you're making in the world. And, you know, whoever you want oh, to have exactly. sex with, you know, go and have sex with those people. And, you know, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm much more an admirer and appreciator of uh, your work and what you're doing out there and making a difference. So that's. Yeah, you know, and I agree, And but, you know, this industry, it's very, you know, it's really kind of funny because it's really stereotypical, and if you really think about it, in some ways, it could be very degrading. Yeah. yeah. But that's what you signed up for, you know, mm. read your contracts, read the script, and if you don't like it, call your agent or whoever and say, this is what I have an issue with, please change. I've done that. Mm. I did that for my first film that I got cast in that was, like, fully film and i was just like i don't want to do this and, and they're like we'll change it i'm like okay <laughs> man i mean I, you know have you ever been in a, a a situation though um in a film in a shoot wherever uh wherever you're you're doing whatever and uh you've been maybe put in a situation that has really crossed the line for you you know morally or you just don't want to go there um, have you yes. ever been put in there and you've, you've been sort of obligated to do that? And, and what were your, what were your feelings there? Um, well, let me think. There was a guy and we won't mention names. And the thing is he, this person was always like, I want to see you naked. I want to see you naked. I want to see you naked. And it got to the point where I was so uncomfortable and luckily I look younger. So I was like, so I don't have problems. I only had two problems on out of state sets, but, um, but you know, in Florida, I have, even though I am over 18, I have no problem bringing my mom on set because this guy was like, I want to see you naked. I want to see you naked. And I finally had to say and say, if you want to see this, you're going down the street and pulling me out money. And I'm not going to say how much because that's nobody's business on what, what rate is. <laughs> and you're bringing it in cash if you mm. want to see all this. And my mom's in here going like, oh, God, no. <laughs> you know, because, you know yeah. one, you know, she's my mother. And yeah. two, it was just like, really, it got to that point. And I also bit on a set where um, they said it was supposed to be a party scene. And I was like, hey, to my little sister, because she was thinking about getting back into acting business. And I was like, well, you want to come, you know? And so she was like, okay, I'll come. And 
she got freaked out because the guy goes, the producer and the writer goes, well, we're going to see you topless. And I said, no way in hell. And I said, you know, this is the only time I'll talk money. And I said to them, you go down to the bank and you get $10,000, $5,000 for me, $5,000 for her, and we'll go topless for you. But otherwise, back the fuck off. And I think that's probably where some people get afraid of me because if I don't want to do something and I know it's wrong, I won't do it. That's awesome. Except for, except for in one situation where I felt like I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it because I was stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I was out of state. I was in a place I didn't know. And it was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. So it's just little life lessons like that you learn. Yeah, yeah. But you have to, you know, and it bugs me because some people are like, oh, well, it's okay. No, it's not okay. If you're uncomfortable with it, you don't do it. You know, I've had so many people say, oh, you know, I'm going to shut you down because of this and this and this. Or, um... You're just an up-and-coming nothing, or, you know, I'm going to, I started your career, I can take it like that, and I'm just sitting there going, you don't have that power. Wow. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, look what I'm doing, look at what you're doing. I may not be, like, 40 credits or 50 credits up there, you know, like some of the people I know, but, you know, and I don't mean to sound like a catty bitch. But I guarantee it, I've been doing it for four years, you know? Yeah. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> don't, don't let anybody scare you with that phrase. Now, if Steven Spielberg comes up to you and says, I'm going to destroy your career, be afraid. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> That's a bit different. <laughs> and please know that um, I would describe you as anything except a catty bitch. I mean, there's, there's no way that uh, I could ever no. bring myself to and I think Describes that's it. what ruins the industry quite a lot. You have, you know, everybody, at some point, everybody talks shit behind everybody's back. It's just the way it is. Mm. You think you're a friend, and you vent. And that's just, it just, that's, that's how it goes. You know, mm. that's just the way it is. But I think the cattiness where people just go on and on and on and on and on and on is ruining the business. And and I'm the prime example of one of that because some people were just not professional and didn't keep their mouth shut, nobody's gotten paid. Yeah. Yeah. And with everything being online right now, you know, looking at Facebook and Twitter and everything, it's just so easy to go off. You know, so oh, yeah. easy if, if, you know, if you're on set and somebody just completely screwed you on set, if some director just, just dissed you, you just felt cheated on something. I mean, it, it's so easy to whip out your phone or whatever and just vent on oh, Facebook yeah. to people. And I think that it, it, it takes, you know, just a lot of strength and willpower to be able to realize the ramifications of doing that, oh, you know. Very much so. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I've had some family situations happen to where I've been very short-tempered. I will... I will admit that if I was rude to you, I'm very sorry, but that's just the way it is. And, you know, when it comes to nudity, because of one set, I didn't get paid. I'm more gruff about things like that. And because of people, you know, you just, it was a bad negative ripple effect on one set. And it's just, 
it was it caused the people like me and my friend who worked really really hard who did the best acting i felt that could have been it's a it could, that had a movie that had everything for it and because negativity and not being honest it just it's just went down to shitter and it's mm. not going to ever get finished or be seen so it's one of those things where it's just like you have to be so careful on things like that because you have you can have two different actors posting two different things on Facebook and people are going to go with the girl who's more popular who right. they listen to when that's not always what happened. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. But uh, again, I've been following you on Facebook and Twitter and everything, and uh, you are so cool on it. I mean, you... Uh, I think you say what you think a lot of times, but it is nowhere near, you know, catty or anything like that. You're not trying to start anything. Uh, you are very no. passionate, but uh, again, yeah. you don't you don't take any jabs at people. You don't do anything like that. You're just like, you know, I, I just see what you're posting as sort of a slice of life of, you know, an actress that is sort of up and coming and, and uh, really working hard and so dedicated to what you're doing. And, uh, so I have gotten rid of my Twitter, but I'm going to re get it. I'm trying to think of like the at name to where it's just predominantly acting. Oh, but that, that's funny. You said that because today, um, I tried to, uh, DM you on, on Twitter and (laughs) and so I, I pull up the conversation that we had before and I'm like, okay, respond. And I type something in. And it's like, this user is no longer following you. And I'm like, <laughs> so oh, what did I say? Did I say oh, something so to piss funny. Melanie off, you know, no, and, and stuff? Was, uh, <laughs> it just made me really, really mad. Okay. And I will admit, I took this rather personally. Um, I was up for a role, and I didn't, and I lost it. Not because of a bigger name, not because of the fact that, you know, the producer wanted a different person, mind you, that was part of it, but it was because I wasn't popular and I didn't have the numbers. So I just got really pissed off and I was just like, you know, um, I have more likes than some of the people they cast in this movie on IMDb, so I'm just going to make life easier and if they want to base it on popularity, they can just look up my Facebook friends and my INDB likes and I made it easier not to have Twitter. <laughs> it was definitely one of those I'm pissed and I'm turning this damn thing uh, off. <laughs> I've but, been there. So, I've been there too. So that's it's all right. So I have to think of a name to where it's like like, you know, when you re see it, the name says no you know, actor is just specifically acting, so I can have more people try to follow me from the acting standpoint. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do like the real Melanie Roble or something like that, you know, something that, uh, you know, sort of because a lot of the big names on Twitter, they're like the real Nicolas Cage or the real, you know, something like that. So I I think that kind of gives you cred. So, you know, consider that. I don't don't know. It might be. That's what I I was thinking, because like um, my acting coach is on there and he well, he's not. Well, I don't know what's going on with that, but he's on a show called Banshee that's on Cinemax. And he's on there, and I was just like, woo-woo, he's on Twitter. Yay! I'm going to follow him. And so I did. And then after that happened, because I was kind of stewing about it, because I don't take things personally. Like, there's some things I do take personally. I will admit that. But there's just some things I just don't take personally. And my thing is, if you don't want me in your movie, just say so. 
Just say something like, oh, the producer didn't like your look or something. You know, when you already said verbally, I had the role. So I was just like, open numbers? That is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. And like, but in all the books I've read, it's more important, and I'm the prime example of it. And, like, the other pet peeve I have is, oh, God, what is my other pet peeve? I forgot because my cat looks so damn cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Because with my cat, Lucy, if I'm upset about something, she like it's really she's really sensitive. And so like I had to learn how to be mad, like with a happy face and a happy voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because that it is it's exactly how I am with uh, I have a two year old right now. Yeah. My my little boy. And actually right here on my desk I have the picture of uh of my little boy and me together. And uh it's uh, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, if I start getting worked up about something or, you know, just just whatever, I look over and there's the picture of me and my boy and we're so happy and would I want to be that way around him? No, I don't want to be that way. I want to be the happy guy. You know, so I I sort of I I get that, you know. It's uh Yeah, yeah, it was know. really funny because someone like pissed me off and I was like I'm holding my cat, and you know, I'm talking to my mom, complaining to my mom about it with some tears, and I'm like, oh. that fucking cocksucker! <laughs> you know, his <laughs> cute, happy voice holding my cat, and I'm oh, looking at my funny. mom going, you know, I kind of can figure out why I play such weird people. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally valid. I, I'm so happy that you can express that, and you're letting it out. You know, you just don't let it stew. You know, you just don't let things build up, and then it, it's just, no. you know, some um, incredible catastrophe that happens just because you have all this pent up rage. I mean, something it's happens, and you let it out, and then you move on. Like I had to do it in a video audition, and I was working with this really talented lady named Avis Marie Barnes, and she's in Casadega, and she was like, "You just don't get angry, do you?" I'm like, "No, I do, but <laughs> I just don't show it in my face a lot, and..." I, I'm, you know, I'm just one of those where I just look at you go, okay, fuck off, and I'm happy. You know, <laughs> I just don't hold things in. Yeah. Except for if you're really stupid. You know, like, like someone told me that they think part of my problem is is that I, I come across as cold. And I took that really personally because, um, not so much anymore, but I took it really personally because I'm thinking to myself going, animal, my cats wouldn't like me if I was cold. And uh, the reason why I can play such cold people is is because my grandparents weren't my on my mom's side weren't the nicest people. So it's kind of like I can I use that as like a reference, and I'm like, okay, this is how I would react because this is what I dealt with growing up. Hmm. And I, I just took that so personally, and I'm just sitting here going like, well, you know, if you sat down and you tried to get to know me. You know, I understand I'm very personal and like pr- privately and private person, and I have and I've gotten to where I have a barrier for some people where I go on business. Like when I'm on set, I'm all about business. Like if I know my script, like hand back, like like the back of my hand, I'll sit there and talk to people and stuff. But if I don't know it, just just let me know when I'm ready, when I'm needed, and I'll sit there and read the script, and I'm really, really quiet. I'm more of a watcher, and I watch people. So it really offends me when people say stuff like that, because I'm, I'm not cold. You are not cold. I mean, especially, wow, that's that's amazing that you can come across that way to anybody, but I guess you're you're an actress, so you can sort of 
act however you know you're uh, uh, sort of you know required to act but um, just talking with you you know tonight and again when we talked last year you, you are the farthest thing from cold um, it's just it's really really refreshing to talk to somebody like you in the industry and uh, it has the kind of personality and outlook that you do so I don't you, oh, you're not you. cold whatsoever you're so cool yeah. and if you're cold to me I'm not going to invite you back on the show so yeah you know, there exactly you go. exactly <laughs> I no it's true and I appreciate that but I was just like everyone's like you know you shouldn't let that affect you and I'm like it doesn't really anymore I just go that asshole <laughs> right. hey there you go <laughs> there you go so but no, I mean, you just, uh, it, it's got to be tough. I, I think you have to have really thick skin, take things with a grain of salt, and, oh. and just move on, you know? Oh, you have to. And here's a prime example. Um, on one set, we found out we weren't being paid. There was no money the whole nine yards. And mind you, I had less than a week to learn this script. And the costume didn't fit me, and thankfully one of the other actresses fixed it. And the director looked at me and goes, you know, Melanie, you're fat. Oh my god. And I just, and my friend was sitting next, standing next there, and at this point, I was so livid, I couldn't see straight. I wanted to punch somebody. Wow. And I looked at him... And I pointed to one of the other girls and said, if I'm fat, then what is that, you know, who is, what is that person considered? And they were like, well, they stressed eat. I'm like, no, no. They had this script for more than a year. They had plenty of time to go to the gym. And I walked off. Wow. <laughs> and my friend walked off with me. And they were like, why didn't you punch him? And I was like, <laughs> one, that's not professional. <laughs> Two, yeah. I was afraid I'd hit you. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so mad, but you know, and but I don't react like most people would have with that because of the fact that I was an ex dancer. They always wanted you to be thin, be thin, be thin, be thin. Uh, yeah. So you know, when you get things like that, you have to like really sit back and take a step back and go. When you get to your hotel room, if you're not sharing the room with somebody. You sit down and cry about it, and then you do it in your private. You do it privately. <laughs> right. You don't do it publicly. You don't write it on Facebook. Even though there has been times where I wanted to be like, "Here's me. Here's this person." You know, right? Really? <laughs> and it's way too easy to do that right now. You know, like I said, it's just it's a few keystrokes away. You open up the laptop and you just you go to town, and it feels so good to do that at the at the moment. So that it's such an easy thing to do at the at the time, but oh, uh, exactly. There's been yeah. a couple of things I have to walk away from the computer and go, oh, okay, how do I respond to this politely? Right, right. You take the high road. I mean, that's that's me because I, I've I've had this uh, you know a certain amount of drama you know as far as podcasting and working with people and and doing a lot of. A lot of the voice talent thing, you know, it's it's been crazy, actually. But, uh, you know, for me, nowadays, I've learned the hard way to uh, you just take the hard road, uh, the high road. You know, exactly. you, you, uh, you know, you kill them with kindness a lot of times. And uh, it's, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It relieves yeah. a lot of stress on your end. That and also, you know, here's the thing you have to think about too. If you treat them with politeness and you're overly nice to them, they don't see it coming. Right. They, it makes them more confused. Well, they're expecting a, you know, a retort. They're expecting you to attack back and to, yeah. you know, really, really dig into them. And if you just really throw them a curveball. And, you know, yeah. just say something, exactly. uh, you know, I don't know, like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. I, I was very wrong here, but uh, here's here's what we can do. And, and thanks for listening to me. I respect your opinion. You know, and just something along those lines. I mean, you just be really nice exactly. and very respectful and very cool. Um, and then when the director calls you and you have to give them the recommendation, that's where you have mm, to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> it's such that's- a... It's so complex um, what you're dealing with. I mean, it's it's uh, nothing compared to, or it, it, you know, what I do is nothing compared to what you deal with. Uh, I'm sure just uh, with relationships, and I'm sure there's a lot of politics and and just what kinds of junk you got to sh- you know shuffle around yeah, and juggle. To, I kind of view the acting world kind of like Mean Girls. Oh wow, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan and everything. It's uh, wow. Because as a actor, if you hang out with a certain, here's the best way. If girl A, because, you know, I'm an actress. If you hang out with girl A, she's known as being mouthy, you know, very straight to the point and blunt. That's one stereotype, you know, that's one angle. You hang out with B, who's more popular, but behind everybody's back, behind this person's back, they talk shit. No one wants to work with you, but you have the following. Or do you hang out with actress C, who is just okay, mundane, average looking, but she's just known as a bitch and hard to work with. So you have to choose which actor you want to be associated with. And you have to keep friendship aside because friends and business is two different things. Me? I would go with A, who is blunt and, you know, to the point, because if you hang out with B and she's, a, you know, she's the casting couch, it's guilt by association. Right. Hang out with C, it's a little bit more, it's excusable, you know, you don't know her situation is, so you can hang out with A and C and you're okay, but sometimes if you hang out with B, depending on what happens, that can backfire you really, really fast, so it's kind of like sitting at the cafeteria except for i feel in the acting world if someone has a bad reputation either a you take the chance or you b or you don't but if you work with so many people who are like oh that person has a bad reputation and don't work with them you're not going to work at all because at some point everybody has bad reputation Hmm. because of gossip and hearsay right. and stuff like that and you know if i didn't take the chance on some of the people with bad reputations i wouldn't be here where i'm at today hmm. wow so sometimes you just have to take that chance and just dive into it and just pick back up and work extra hard to prove yourself right I mean, that's all you can really do right right it sounds like you're you're sort of like it's like going back to high school right now you know, and it you, you is. know, yeah, yeah. It you sort of like, alluded to that. It was uh, just you hang with the right people, and you know the right people, and maybe you say some of the right things, and you'll probably yeah, do yeah. all right. You know, it's wow, wow. And you 
you know, but that's just the independent world, though. Like, the indie world mm. and non-union world. I mean, it's like, yeah, you have the same politics in your office workplace. You have the yeah. same oh, yeah. thing in the library. It's just the way it is. It's just human nature. Mm. But I think in the acting business, it can be a little more cruel. Well, it's a lot of cutthroat kind of things. I mean, you're competing right. with a lot of people, and so... Like, the best thing mm. I've developed is I have no fear. The bad thing is... I have no fear <laughs> to certain things. Yeah. And I think that kind of, I think it kind of turns people off at times and sometimes it doesn't because a lot of people, like I used to get into fights about this with some people. It's like people have like, they think like I have this, I don't care. I do care. I want this as my career. But if you piss me off, I'm not going to help you. I mean, there's a big thing of being a big girl and you put your big girl panties on and you work with people you don't like. That's just the way it is. But if I'm at a convention and I'm on my time, I'm not going to take a picture with you. It's right. just stupid. I'm not into playing those games. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> you know where your boundaries are. You know who you are. You know your identity. You know what you're all about. And you're just not going to compromise that. And I love it. That's Yeah. That's part of the reason why you're so cool. And, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I respect people who are like, oh, I'm going to live myself as the starving artist, and this is my world, and this is my life, and my world will collapse. But, you know, it's kind of like, I lost my dance career, I lost my music career, this is my second time at acting, so it's like, I'm able to bounce back again. Hi, kitten. Now my big, fat, black cat is here. <laughs> Say Hi. Oh, wow. Now, is she fully black? Is that a, a total, or does she have a spot on her? Um, She has a little white spot on her belly. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's sensitive. Oh, she didn't like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, because, you know, completely black cats are very, very rare. And if you have yes, one, that's, uh, that's She's a, actually, depending on the sunlight, she's a brunette. Oh, really? Oh, and she's getting little white spots on her chin. Oh, so seeing her age a little bit, you know, how old is, how old is she? She is six years old. Oh, six well, not that years. old. I mean, that's... No, uh... and Kid Lucy is a year in Chris, at Christmas around December, and uh, she's she's a menace. She's hitting her terrible twos, and she's going <laughs> to, she just, like, I love having cats because they're like children. It's and they do talk back. It's just I can't understand them. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cats are a very special, special animal. It's uh, I have one myself and I. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's horrible for me to say this, but it's the truth. I used to teach at um, I used to help teach at a, a special education school mm -hmm. and I helped learn sign language and I was a teacher's assistant. That That's kind of awesome. Yeah. And my mom got me this book called Cats. Um, that it's like cats have Asperger's book. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and it's symptoms of like ha having Asperger's. Like one of the things is, it's like we don't like being hugged only on our terms. It's the cutest book ever. Wow! I love it. That's totally that true. My oh my gosh! I, it it really is true. It, it is so true. And it's like Lucy. Like when we first got Lucy, kitten really didn't really like like her too much but now they're like hugging like they kind of did play hug you know like they like growl like like that hmm. 
and it's really cute because now they're like nuzzling and they are like hold tails it's so adorable oh wow oh yeah yeah man man cats are awesome i i love cats um I thought I was a dog person until I got a cat and just realized how much less work a cat is than a dog. And, it is. That's yeah. how we were. Um, Kitten was traumatized because well, we have two special needs cats. And when we got Lucy, she was really, really sick to the point, like, I carried her everywhere. And, and like, and it helped her because now she just has this big deal. Like, she has to get picked up a lot on her terms, of course. Hmm. But she was so sick, and she was so sick to the point where one time I saw her about to use the bathroom on the floor, and I was just like, I'm not dealing with this. So whenever I went to the restroom, I was like, all right, your turn, Lucy, and I put her in the litter box. I know, TMI, TMI, TMI. (laughs) But but she was just so sick, and now that she's better, it's like she's a climber. She climbs on everything, and she, she gets into everything, and my dad's like, you know, we would have never known because she was just so ill and she has one eye that's smaller than the other and oh, it really? constantly drains. Oh. So just go back to poor thing. It just, every time it's just so stressful. I get stressed out when she has to go to the vet and then kitten, we, my sister, um, we took her from my sister because she wasn't home a lot cause she was in school a lot. So we took her and my sister found kitten by she was in a bar in Orlando and this homeless guy dropped off kitten to the bouncer and they were like she's too small to eat does anybody want her and so my sister took her and we which you know she's now my cat and we took her to the vet and she was so sick and so tiny that she was eating solid and liquid food so she has special needs and she has like a little bit of urine problems, like with her bladder and stuff. So I'm just like crazy, but they run and play all day. So cute. Wow. They're just so cute. Yeah. I just love them so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I have a cat that is uh, extremely cute and loving, but I think is actually trying to murder me. Um, <laughs> That's what my dad said. Oh yeah, yeah. Every I mean, time I try to walk down my steps. She is right on that next step under my foot, hoping that I'm going to step on her and trip and fall down the rest of the steps and die. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have stairs. Uh. <laughs> but there's uh. this book. Have you ever seen it? It's called uh, my, How You Know Your Cat's Planning to Kill You. We got that from my dad for Christmas. Oh, no way. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could totally identify with that, I think. It's... Uh... Yeah, definite love-hate relationship over here with me and me and my cat. It's uh, it's funny though. Oh, I love cool. her to death, but oh uh, yeah. But uh, so oh man, what have we been watching? I mean, it's um, there's been a lot of things coming out. Have you ever have you seen anything cool? Um, you know, movie-wise or uh, especially horror. Have you seen any horror movies in the last year that have really um, stuck I saw out? Universal. Sold Soldier with um, Dolph Lugan. Oh, yeah. That was one weird movie. Again, <laughs> I'm biased because my acting coach, you know, who I used to say with was in it, but 
Um, Dolph Lugan, such a hottie. <laughs> I need to if anybody out there that looks like Dolph Lugan, please, please find me on Facebook. So cute. But that was pretty interesting. Oh, goodness. What was it? You know, I haven't been to movie theater in a while. I got the, um, the possession, but it's really kind of funny. Since I got Lucy, I can't watch a lot of horror movies. Hmm. Because yeah. she gets she gets bona fide scared. Oh, really? I was watching Dear Mr. Gacy, thinking like, oh, you know, the strings would be okay. And she was so scared. I watched American Horror the first season. Right. Would not go in my room until it was turned off. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Huh. But I absolutely wow. loved American Horror Series. I want on that show so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch The Walking Dead? No, I couldn't get into that. Oh, well, that's too bad. I think it's because I've never seen um, the comic book. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's a big, big part of it. I think. Yeah. And that, and it's like, it, well, if I had known Lou Temple was on it, I probably would have watched it because mm. I think he's hot. oh yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely a show that people seem to love or hate and i think the comic book lovers are are definitely going to take to it and um to me i've been reading the comic for a lot of years and uh it was just one of those things man i was reading the comic and i was like they so need to make a movie of this or a TV show of this, you know, and me and my boys around here, we'd be reading the comic and just be like, Oh, that would be so awesome if they did that. And then they did it. And we were like, Holy shit, this is going to be awesome. And, uh, and I just, you know, to me, it's almost like they can't do any wrong. Um, because I just love to see what they're doing with the comic because they're kind of going along with the comic, but they veer off a lot and and then they come back to it. And then they, you know, so, I really like it, but uh, it's hard for me to judge from the standpoint of, you know, somebody like you. You haven't read the comic, and you're just trying to watch it and get into it. Um, it's hard for me to really judge how you would take that and be able to enjoy it. It probably seems uh, slow and yeah, maybe a little bit... Yeah, it was slow for yeah. me. It was like, um, I started watching the following with Kevin Bacon. Hmm. And I couldn't get into it. And I don't know if it's because it's so slow or if it's because I love the closer so much. But it's like, I'm, I'm just sitting here going, it just doesn't do it. And I think a lot of that is, and they have, I think they have a lot of unfair competition with American Horror Story. Yeah. Because American Horror Story, I did not expect a lot of those twists and turns they took in the first and the second season. I cannot wait to see what he does in the third season. Yeah. And Jessica Lange is just so amazing. She's like one of the best actresses. Her and Maggie Smith and Glenn Close, I would have to say, are like, and Judy Dench. Who else? Glenn Close. Yeah, Jessica Lange, Judy, Judy, and Angelica Houston are like my five top favorite actresses. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot out there right now. I mean, I think horror... It's well represented, and you just sort of gravitate towards what you yeah, can I mean, and what you're like, into. Um, yeah. It's like, 
ever since I got into horror, I kind of watched more of it to know like who's who in the industry and yeah. everything. But I like more of the shows like um, Magic City, Boardwalk Empire, and Downton Abbey. I love a really good dramatic time period um, shows. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's totally cool. And I think it brings a, a very fresh perspective to horror. So when you do do horror stuff, um, you know, you're bringing a, a lot of originality to it. And yeah, you're not I trying think- to be, you know, the next... Yeah, whoever was in this horror film or or whatever, you know, you're sort of bringing a, a fresh um, actress sort of perspective to things. I don't know. It's uh, no, it, it's true yeah. because one thing so far, like I know a lot of my stuff isn't out. Like you really have to find some of my stuff. Like you can find some of my stuff on Amazon if you type my name, or you know, I know Alien Vengeance is on Amazon and stuff like that. But one thing I'm so happy about is. I'm not compared to anybody so far in this industry. Awesome. Like, I'm not, you know, and I love Linnea Quigley. You know, that was, like, one of the best things about working on Postmortem was that I love Linnea. I love Linnea. I love the fact I took the chance with Disciples and I went on set because now I'm in a blood story. I love Deborah Lamb. And those two ladies are what I feel are the most hardworking dedicated, the best work ethic out there. So if I was going to be compared to any of them, I'd rather be compared to those two. But I'm so happy I'm not compared to them. It was like, um, I was talking to Linnea one time, and I was like, you know, Linnea, I want your career, but I don't want to be you. And she's like, no, I understand that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Because that's the worst thing. You yeah. know, you're to somebody that's younger and you're you know you don't know you know like oh is this going to be my replacement no i don't i don't i'm not acting like um i don't act like her i don't have the same nuances as her now Linnea, she can play crazy and i wish i had that talent (laughs) of her crazy it's amazing like i I think when you should go on Twitter and look for Lori Bowen and ask her if you can see Stella Bua. Really? I mean, yes, mm. it's really good. And that's, oh yeah, and hold on. Because I know Stella Bua was shown at um, Philly Loves um, Women in Horror Month, I think. But, hold on. Mm. But I know it's going to be playing um, at a festival. I'm making sure it's on the trailer for Celebio. Okay, hold on. It has been in over 10 screenings at places. Cool. And it was at Philly Loves Women in Horror in Philadelphia in February, actually on the 7th. And it was at Fright Night. It's going to be at Friday Night Film Festival in Kentucky, in Louisville, July 26th through the 28th. And that has um, my friend Lance, you know, Lance Flynn in it. Everybody needs to check out Lance. Sean. Um, oh, shit. Hold on. I'm so bad with names. No, no. That's cool. Thank well, goodness. You're, you're just such a diverse, you know, person. You just, you're doing so much right now. I'm, I'm surprised you... Know what you do, I, you know. It's a, wow. And it's it's a good. You'll like it because it 
goes back to the, it brings back to the Italian classic zombie films, like from the 70s and 80s that we were talking about. Sweet. And Linnea plays Stilabuo, who is a medium that reunites us with our father, but creates like hell in a hell basket. And that has Linnea, Sean McBee, Lance Flint, Laura Denaria, which I think I pronounced your name wrong, I'm sorry, Chris Klein, and Lori Bowen, and Sean Bowen, and um, Joni Atkins, and Greg Baker, and Dean Blackwater, and um, Janine um, Lolly. They're such, a, and Wheat Buckley is such an amazing, amazing team and talent. And it was so good. And Linnea plays one crazy bitch. And I just, I <laughs> love it. I love it. What oh, yeah. you trailer on the skype i am oh nice nice oh yeah yeah linnea i mean she's a, a very special um actress to me uh because of course as an adolescent male um of course you know yeah you're gonna know exactly what i'm saying um what movie i'm gonna refer to but uh um you know it was return of the living dead Yes, and, uh, and Don Philbin is such a sweetie pie. That whole crew is just amazing. Really? Talented. Yeah. Oh man. Man. I I just I love that movie and uh actually she is the reason that uh, my mom shut that movie off when I was watching it <laughs> the first time. She rented it because she knew I loved Night of Living Dead, the original black and white one. And yeah. so we were at the VHS store when I was little, and she's like, oh, here's another zombie movie. Maybe you'll like this, Return of the Living Dead. And so we took it home, put it in, and it was okay. She didn't like the language or anything, but she let it go. Right. And then all of a sudden, trash just starts dripping in the graveyard, and she turned it <laughs> off. And it was years after that that I actually got to see the full movie. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, thank you, Linnea, for uh, basically... <laughs> You know, interrupting my whole enjoyment of that movie as a child until later on. So, but uh, I hope to God I I get I hope like one day when I'm like at that level like Linnea and I have somebody tell me that story (laughs) just like that. That would be so awesome. (laughs) Oh yeah, Yeah. oh yeah. But uh, man, man, that's funny. And uh, of course, uh, there's a picture of you and Linnea up on your uh, IMDb right now, which is uh, really cool. I, you know, it's so amazing. I absolutely love her. I ask permission because I'm one of those people I don't assume. Um, so I asked her, I'm like, Linnea, is it okay? And she's like, I would be honored to. And through Linnea, that's how I met John. No, how did I meet John Philbin? I think John Philbin I met when I did like a small guest thing at a convention that didn't go too well here in Orlando. And he met my mom, and I hung out with him more at some of the conventions and stuff and got to know each other and things. And he's actually the reason why I got braces. Oh, really? Well, you know, talk about having a thick skin. He was like, girl, your teeth are gnarly. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm jumping John. You know, at the time, like, we were both kind of tipsy because we all know. Oh, yeah. Whatever. And... And I was like, okay. And then he like looked at my teeth some more and he was like, you gotta get some braces because if you don't, you can't be an actress with bad teeth. So, you know, you kind of have to take things like that in stride. And I sat on it and I sat on it 
and I'm scared to death of the dentist. So I was like, Mom, you're going to have to drive me to the dentist because I need to go. <laughs> Within a week, I was in braces. Wow. Wow. So, you know, it's the stuff like that. You have to really, really, I think you have to really take in consideration. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. If someone said, oh, fix the bump on your nose, I'd be like, Psh, fuck off, you know. <laughs> yeah. but, but teeth, yeah. so important. So Yeah. Important. yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing. Well, um, the last time we talked... It seems so long ago, and um, but uh, you brought up a great movie, which was Wait Until Dark, and I, I still, I, I'm so glad I saw that. It's, uh, <gasps> oh shoot, I forgot about, I forgot about that because, um, I erased it out of sheer stupidity, and and that cool Jack Death Rattle somebody found me on there through, oh, through you. Oh man! Oh really? Yeah, she has her own little podcast too. She found you through, found me through your electric chair. Her name's Death Death Rattle Somebody. Damn it! Oh really? I forgot to write down memes when I did it. <laughs> oh. oh no! Tom Six was following me on there. My favorite all-time horror director. Oh no! Oh. Okay, fun. <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry I brought that up. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's right. I'm, no, but I'm, actually, I'm, I'm so happy that uh, you had me watch that film because uh, okay, it was absolutely good. amazing. And I've watched it actually, I think, uh, two or three times since. And um, I've put my wife through it, too. And she liked it? Well, she didn't really get I mean... Maybe it was I, I I put it on too late or something like that, but she is just not the the um the really slow burn sort of you know I mean she she's more of action you know she wants yeah that'll do it yeah, that'll do it it's and, like Rosie's baby yeah yeah exactly and it's it's so hard so I I but thank you thank you for bringing that up uh, the last show it's uh, one of my one you know a great great movie I just ah. Uh, uh, Again, thank you. But, uh, man, this time around, I felt it was my turn to maybe throw a movie your way. And uh, so I'm like, have you ever seen the remake of Night of the Living Dead? It was done in 1990, directed by Tom Savini and produced by George Romero, uh, the same guy that produced the original Night of the Living Dead, 1968. And, of course, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, um, and some other zombie movies uh, since then. Um, so, uh, wow. Uh, so this is the first time you've seen it since I brought it up. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts the first time you saw it? You know, I thought it was pretty good. I don't know if that was the first thing Tom Savini directed, but I thought it was pretty good, actually. Good acting, good team. You can tell that they're definitely a really, really good team. I think Tom Savini... It's one of the few horror people who can say, I can do makeup, I can produce, I can direct, and I can act. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's made he's made a living of doing that. And I don't think a lot of people can do that. I think it's the either-or kind of thing. Right, right. And, yeah, he's he's sort of a jack-of-all-trades. I mean, he, he loves to just do everything when it comes to film. And... Um, 
Of course, I, I think he excels in his uh, makeup, special effects. He, he he runs a school, you know, here around Pittsburgh, and yeah, and uh, so that's uh, sort of what his forte is. But he uh, he really enjoys directing. He acts, as you said. Um, so, um, have you have you seen the original, the black and white '68 Night of the Living Dead? I I actually like that one better. That's cool. No, that's totally cool. So. I mean, like, you know, for a remake, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, it's not like he tried to rechange themes and rechange storylines and everything. Mm. But it was pretty good. I mean, I like the older... I, I think my problem is that I like a lot of the older stuff anyway. Yeah. So trying to get into a newer thing, I'm just kind of like, yeah. Except for the last house on the left. That's different. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear that you there. Was easy. Yeah. The original was just long and... <laughs> Horrible. Probably gonna get hate mail over that one. <laughs> oh no, I can't stand the last house on the left, um, the original one. I don't like that at all, and I haven't even bothered to see the uh, the remake. So the no. remake is actually a lot better. I was actually quite impressed with the remake, but I think a lot of that mm. is is like that you can definitely tell by watching some of these older movies how much the acting world has changed and how the acting yeah. style. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think the acting is a huge, huge deal in uh, the remake of Night of the Living Dead um, because we have uh, the first people that we see on screen is, uh, you know, Johnny and Barbara. But Johnny is um, um, Bill Mosley. It's like, you know, wow, Bill Mosley. Awesome. Uh, Patricia Tallman plays Barbara. And uh, these two are fantastic. Uh, I just love, you know, Bill Mosley doing anything at all. I think I'm just sort of going to automatically love. Um, yeah, Bill Mosley is super, super talented. I think he's one of the few people, like, if I had to do, like, a really violent scene with him, I would be scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah. If Bill Mosley had me tied down to a chair and was like threatening me with knives and shit and acting all crazy, you know, doing doing the chop top thing, you know, I would I would definitely I would be scared. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like in the bathroom and I'd be like, I need five minutes and just be like Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But they're they're really, really good. And um it's also funny too that this is a remake, but it's like nineteen ninety, so we're talking like twenty three years ago. Uh, when remakes weren't that common, um, you know, we saw a few here and there, but um, we didn't see a big backlash like, oh, my God, this is a remake. So I'm automatically going to be pissed at this I movie. Think, you know, I think he was ahead of his time when he did it. But I think that right now, because Hollywood, it's all about right now. They want to make money and remakes is the money maker. So I think he did it at the perfect time before everyone got jaded of like, oh look, Freddy versus Jason's and Nightmare on Elementary. I mean, it's like, why would you replace Robert England as, you know, um, Freddy? It's just ridiculous. It's like putting um, Bill Mosley as Jason. It's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But do you know what's funny about this one is that, um, I don't know how much you know about the original Night of Living Dead, but um, it kind of went into a public domain very quickly because back in the 60s, you sort of had to put a copyright notice on the film 
yeah. or else it went into public domain like automatically. Um, That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, right away, they did not put the correct copyright notice on the film. And as soon as it was released, it was public domain. I mean, people could do whatever they wanted with it. Um, consequently, over the last like 50 years, whatever it's been since uh, Night was made, they have lost a lot of money because people can, you know, put it up on YouTube. They can put it up on, uh, you know, DVD compilations. They can release it however they want. Um, it's so wrong because that's yes. the actor's paychecks. Right, right. And so um, 1990 comes along. They're going to do this remake. And George Romero, who, you know, again, he produced this and had a lot of say in the script and the writing and everything. Um, in some interview he did, he admitted that uh, pretty much the main reason for doing this film was to make money so yeah. that the right people would be compensated for the work that they did on the original Night of the Living Dead. So is that right? You know, in, in view of this movie, this is a movie made for uh, financial gain and pretty much nothing more. Um, it, it, you know, does that sort of taint your your viewing of this film no, no not at all because um your main goal as a producer is to make money it all comes down to money and if you're an actor and you don't realize that you're an idiot it's like i know commercial actors who are like oh I want to be a film actor. And all the film actors are like, are you kidding me? I want to do commercials because it comes down to money. You can, if you do a commercial, you can fund your movie, depending, you know? Right. And your job as an actor is to make the director's life easier, to make things go by faster, which costs less money. Like, you know, um, I was talking with Joe about this, and I said, you know, I told him, I said, my goal when I go on set is to get my takes under five because if I can get five and under takes that means you can move on faster and it saves you money and he goes well next time try for two <laughs> wow you know what I mean it's like it's just one of those things and if I take more than five takes either I'm sick I'm having a really bad day or I just don't give a shit and I didn't read your script you know, and it's just, because you do, you know, and I'll admit it, you know, I'm not going to say which project on my resume, but right. there's some projects I do because I want to. There's some projects I've done where I've been told, just get whatever the hell you can on your resume to have experience. Or, you know, you want it because you want to show people you can do more than just horror. It's right. just the way it is, you yeah. know. I guess but it all comes it, it, down to money. Yeah, I think that's what it boils down to, and it's sort of a sad fact. I mean, you know, looking at people like me, I would just yeah. love to see movies being made just because you want to make them and sort of you're an artist and you want to get your vision out there and so you're going to do what it takes to get it made, but uh, then again, you sort of have to figure out how to get it made, and that sort of requires money, and you have to figure out where that money's coming from and how much of it you can spend on this and that and the other thing. I mean, it's... It's sadly driven by that bottom line. And, um, you know, that was sort of it. And, you know, me being 
a longtime zombie fan, the first zombie movie I ever saw was the original Night of yeah. the Living Dead. Um, it scared the shit out of me. Um, it kept me up for weeks and weeks. I was just a little kid and I saw it on Halloween and I couldn't sleep for so long. Um, and just knowing that the people that made it, you know, it, it, you know, George Romero and everybody around him, John Russo and all their the cast and crew really got screwed on on royalties and anything afterward because exactly whoever they just didn't uh, put the right copyright on. It, it really saddens me. And to know that they're going to make a, a, a film to sort of compensate people. I mean, that I don't. I don't uh, really see that negatively. I'm like, yeah, I, no. I sort of want to, I want to support this because man, you've made no. this movie back in the sixties and then another great movie in the nineties. And so I'll, I'll pay you for that. And I mean, it's like, you have to respect that. You know, that's a man you can respect. I filed the wrong paperwork. I didn't realize it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to screw everybody over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this movie, I mean, it pretty much follows the original. You know, we start out in the cemetery with uh, Barbara and Johnny. A lot of the same lines are repeated. You know, they're coming to get you, Barbara. And, uh, you know, we see some, uh, you know, different zombies and things. We see the farmhouse. And pretty much everybody holds up in this farmhouse. And the whole film is about... How people do not communicate well, you know, certain personalities clash, and it's just overall bad in light of a very crazy external threat, which is zombies right now. So internally, you're going to implode and pretty much screw things up for yourself and let this seemingly um, surmountable external threat become insurmountable. Uh, because you just can't you can't pull it together uh, personally and socially with other people. Exactly. And um, you know Tony Todd, I think is uh, the man to talk about. He in this film. is so talented. Yes. Like I didn't get to have lines, you know, in disciples, but the fact that I got to see Tony Todd work live was amazing. I was like. Okay, that's why you're a constant booking actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a totally amazing guy. This is the movie that I think broke him into his career. Um, yes. Because, I mean, right after this, of course, he did Candyman, which is another iconic film. I don't know if you've seen Candyman, but uh, wow. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, I didn't like it because I'm highly allergic to bees. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be a reason to, yeah, 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 I can see that, but uh, still, man, what he did for film, and especially for African-American uh, yes. film, was just amazing, I mean, he did uh, for, I think, African-Americans in the 90s, what Dwayne Jones did for African-Americans in the 60s in the original night, because, of course, you know, Dwayne, you know, he, he played, he was heroic, he was the good guy in the original Night yes. of the Living Dead. Tony Todd, man, it's not to say that he wasn't flawed, but he was he was arguably one of the heroes in this film. And oh, being exactly. that he is African-American, that's making a big statement uh, in 1990 in our culture, uh, in a film culture that did not 
um, necessarily put African Americans into heroic roles and exactly yeah. you know it's like um Whoopi goldberg said about the lady who played Uhura. you know mama mama she's not a maid mm. you know yeah exactly. it's, it's that's what exactly what he did yeah. you know and i think and i think some of the problems with some of the younger crowd is is that they don't understand a lot of the history and why they right. should be people right that's why you need to go back. And again, I, I, I knew you've been cool ever since the first time I talked to you because, of course, you know, we talked about Wait Until Dark, which is an older film. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not something, you know, I, I expected you to say, oh, let's watch, oh, hell, I don't know, Hatchet or, you know, something, you know, uh, Saw Part 4 or something like that. I don't know. But uh, no, so I know that you know history, that you appreciate yeah. uh, the classics and maybe their shortcomings in light of what we're seeing nowadays in terms of technology and what you can pull off visually um, because of where we are. Um, but that's, uh, I think, man. Well, a lot of the reason why I knew a lot about um, classic movies is because when we were younger, uh, my family, we were living at places where we couldn't get TV channels at all. Maybe like at the most four, and we couldn't afford cable. So my parents, it was cheaper to go to Blockbuster. Gosh, I feel old. It was cheaper <laughs> to go to Blockbuster and rent a movie. So we watched a lot of classic movies. No, that's totally. Because they were cheap ones to buy. I can uh, totally identify with that because I grew up in a rural uh, area of Pennsylvania where cable was not run. And yeah. so I, we just had the antenna and we had that box that where you literally like rotated your antenna oh, to gosh, go to like, no. Awful. <laughs> yeah. and you had to put like a loon and foil on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we had those stores that started coming into our area that were like, you could buy a lifetime membership to this VHS rental club and you had yeah. to pay like so much for the lifetime membership and then so much per rental, whatever. But that was amazing. And, uh, you know, that was where I really started my awareness of all these films because I'd go through these VHS stores and I'd look at all the covers of these movies. I'm like, oh, my God, there's the some movie, crazy shit out there. The movie you have to rent is um, Witches with Angelica Houston. Oh, Yeah. You got to watch that. That it's it actually funny because where it takes place in Norway, that's where my family lives. So I oh. walked those streets, and I grew up with Rodal and witches. And my grandmother looked like one of the witches in there in the very beginning with the red hair. Oh, and I was afraid to like go up to her because she wore like the shoes like the witches, and they're dead. <laughs> you have to watch it. And you'll appreciate it because as a little kid, I was like, this is great. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Fell, and that's where I fell in love with Angelica Houston. If wow. they ever remake that movie, I don't know what, I, I would boycott it. Oh, man. It, but, you know, again, it's so weird um, how much people nowadays just sort of automatically bash remakes. Like, eh, it's just yeah, another I remake. You know, it's, I don't know, I, I tend to give them a chance, um, even if it's something that sort of irks me, 
Um, you know, I'll at least take it for, yeah, I'll, I'll go see it. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I've been pleasantly surprised. I like Rob Zombie's stuff that he's been doing. I can't wait to see uh, Lord of Salem. Yeah, me too. Man, I was at a Rob I Zombie love... show this summer, and he showed that trailer. Um, I love man. it. Mm. And uh, so nowadays it's like, man, you know, remakes get bashed, but uh, this one sort of, you know, the Night of the Living Dead remake sort of came out, and it was very quiet. And um, it was uh, it was cool. Now, it, the strong female, you know, Patricia Tallman plays this awesome, awesome girl that, uh, you know, she thinks she's sort of dealing with a lot of hardship. You know, her brother died and everything, and so she's taking it all in. But as opposed to the original, she actually pulls herself together and becomes very, yeah. very strong to the point where she is the most rational person in the house. And she's just like, we have to do this to survive. These zombies are slow. Let's just get out of here. Let's let's go. And um, yeah, I think that's what bugs me about this movie. I think because I'm so used to seeing the fast zombies, I was just like, oh my gosh, you're walking, you're walking, <laughs> you're growling. Oh no. So you're not a not a slow zombie kind of person. No, because I have ADHD, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool, that's cool. I, I can I can see that. Um, no, so do you think, you know, this movie would have been better with Fast Zombies then? You know, probably not. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because I'm not a big zombie... I'm saying you somebody. Uh, I'm not... <laughs> Sorry. No, no worries. To forget. No, that's um, awesome. Um, it was like I, I think I just not a big zombie person. I like more of the vampires and mm. the witches. And I think a lot of that is because I grew up with Grimm and um, Hans Christian Andersen. So I'm more into that ordeal. I didn't get into zombies until I was like. Eighteen, nineteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's I can see that. I can see that. That's cool. I'm more into like the psychological thrillers and more of the psychological uh, stuff. I put up the clip on your Facebook of <laughs> this so you can get a taste of. No, thank <laughs> you, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> You're welcome. That's awesome. <laughs> So I mean, it's, in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, looking at Night of the Living Dead, nineteen ninety. And, you know, where it was in that point in time and maybe, you know, where to where, you know, how people would see them now. Um, how would you rate this on a scale of one to ten to just your normal movie viewer? I would say it's seven and a half. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because he did a good job. The fact that George Romero said, I made the mistake, I'm here for the money to pay back my people. I mean, that's very, that's very admirable. Mm. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. he could have been one of those directors that have been like, well, I got screwed over. Oh, well. Yeah. And George did bring on a lot of uh, the crew that exactly. originally worked on, uh, you know, nights. So he's just trying yeah. to get those people some cash that uh, they haven't seen over the years because he or somebody else screwed up in the copyright thing. And, 
you know, that's uh, that's totally valid. I can see that. And I, I have met, um, um, unfortunately, um, a Western Pennsylvanian uh, from the Pittsburgh area. And so I know all of these areas. Uh, I've met a lot of these people. Yeah. And um, it's, it's very much needed. Um, you know, this is pretty much their, their, their pride of what, what they've done. You know, it's a historic film. And uh, so, yeah, um, I thought they they really deserved it. And, of course, there's a lot of things that go on here during the year, Um, you know, as far as festivals and screenings and stuff. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's rough uh, because, of course, you know, a lot of people, they don't appreciate um, these older films, you know, the movie that's almost 50 years old. I mean, what, you know, why do I care? You know, why not? come to see it. Um, but to me, it, it's something that changed my life and I think influenced so much. And uh, especially this movie, I, I give, uh, if I had to rate the remake of Night, um, you know, I'm going to give it a nine, I think out of 10. Um, I think again, just being that it's a remake, um, yeah. I think Tom Savini did it really well. Um, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't as graphic as I was hoping, because I just love seeing all kinds of zombie blood and gore. I love to see them biting a chunk out of people and all that kind of stuff, because that's I'm, I'm sick. You know, I, I like seeing that. And I think that's part of the problem. We're so used to seeing violence. Yeah. What can be done and push the boundaries that I think when there isn't any, you just get you just get bored. Yeah, yeah, and that that was. Or if Lucy's in the room, then we don't watch <laughs> this kind of stuff, do we? Oh. She's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, I, I enjoyed it overall. You know, I thought it was a a good zombie movie, especially nowadays, because we don't see a lot of really good zombie movies out there right now. You know, not and, right uh, now. I think because the market's oversaturated with, um, the, you know, like with The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's just right now, I think it's just, I think people are just tired of it. Well, they have that new one that's coming out on um, something alive where he's learned to become human. Oh man, we just saw uh, Warm Bodies come out in the that's theater. It. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm sort of, man, I don't know. I don't like the zombies that can, you know, they can talk and think and stuff like that. Like, I like yeah. them kind of dumb and, slow and weird i don't know <laughs> you know i don't i don't know i mean it's almost like a like a romantic comedy with zombies in it you know i oh. <laughs> uh, yeah yes, exactly. yeah yeah thanks yeah that's <laughs> no that's exactly that's you know it's like was was uh, matthew mcconaughey in this one too you know i i totally uh, I don't know. I don't know. But but I don't know. I like my zombies scary. I like to feel that dread. I like to be yeah. scared that maybe these zombies are going to get me too. I better not fall asleep, man, because, I, wow, they might be out here. My brains! Yeah. And, you know, in, in movies that that sort of um, uh, comedicize zombies, you know, they make them comedic, yeah. um, make them funny and stuff, and not necessarily... Well, <sighs> Sorry. Say it just like children. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> for all your listeners out there right now, Melanie is uh, trying to, uh, you know, uh, rectify this cat situation that's going on with. Uh, she was. I'm in the sewing room, and there's an article of clothing that's hanging over the sewing machine, and it might have pins in it, and the cat is like sticking her face in it. I'm just like, you're gonna kill me! Like she'll. We have to keep lids on things. <laughs> and needles that's just going to eat them like oh my god like one day I almost had a heart attack I feel like I'm those obnoxious like overprotected cat moms you know <laughs> but she was out on the front porch because we have a screened in porch and she was outside and I hear this zzz, and the cat had the bee in her mouth and looking at <laughs> you like what and I picked her up I'm like no and of course she's scared because I'm scared. And my dad's like, cats do that. They just do things like that. I'm like, we need to take her to the bed. Her eyes swollen. And then my mom's like, her eyes always looking like that. Oh yeah, but we need to take her to the bed and make sure she's okay. And my mom's like, she's not stoned. I don't see a stinger. She's not crying. She's not meowing. And I'm like, you can't fall asleep because you got stung. I mean, she didn't get stung, uh, but it's just, I'm, yeah. Wow. Wow. Do you, do you want to have kids? I mean, I, I, I'm, I hope I'm not oh. going to get too personal on you, but uh, maybe someday do you see yourself so, having kids? I, I can't have kids physically, mm. but I want to adopt a whole bunch of litters. I do. Oh, yeah? I think it'd be so much fun. Wow. Wow. That's. I think you would be a, a a good mother. Very concerned. I mean, you're showing just what you've said right now. You're showing very motherly <laughs> instincts, right there. Just based on, you know, like I said, I have a little boy right now, and with my wife and everything. I mean, it's it's very similar um, to what I'm seeing. You you know, you're very protective. You're very concerned, and uh, you very much want to ensure the health at all costs of uh, oh your gosh, your yeah. children. So you know, it's uh, yeah. They're my fur kids. I yeah. will admit that. I do <laughs> like that. Like, I'll be feeling embarrassing. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But I'll be like, I'll go in the kitchen and I'll be like, how are you doing today, Lucy? I'm fine. <laughs> really? No. You are so real. I mean, I think we all do that. <laughs> Seriously, I, I think so. And I thank you for being strong enough to admit that. That um... <laughs> like I was, I was talking to my mom today, and I was like, you know, kitten. If kitten had, if they, if they could talk, we would be in so much trouble. And my mom was like, oh yeah. And I was like, kitten would sound like mammy from Gone the Wind. Like, and look at Lucy and be like, child, you better get off of my chair. And then Lucy, with like the little cute little anime voice, because she looks like an anime cat, would be like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And it's so stupid. Oh but, my god. No, no, you're. But I'll sit there and be like, I want food. <laughs> Why do you want? I want to eat food. Give me food now. <laughs> we all do this. You're totally normal. It's. Uh... <laughs> That's great. And actually, I'm taking quite a lot of comfort in this. I mean, knowing that I do a lot of the same things myself. Um, to both my cat and my son, you know, of course, uh, you know, talking, yeah. you know, holding conversations and just being being completely insane. 
around them. It's um. Well, you know, it's like what my coach Russ Blackwell said once: you have to be as free as a child in this business as an actor. And I remember him saying, like, yeah, I would used to go play cowboys, and I would play out all night if I want me wanted to, because I was the best damn cowboy out there, you know? <laughs> and it's so true, because, like, on one set, um, I was hanging out with one of the kids, and he was, like, 12, 13, I think, at the time. And I was, we would be, like, with fake German accents underneath, like, this blanket for it, and we're, like, the dirty Larry Laverty's gonna come and get us. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> attack, attack! No! And everyone's like looking at us like, yeah, we heard you all night playing war. And I'm just like, wow. that's what you have to do as an actor. You have to be able to do stuff like that and not worry about looking stupid. Exactly. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Melanie, more out of me than most people do. Oh man, this has been great. Thank you so much. I mean, wow. Anytime. Do you realize we are seriously going to be on this interview for almost two hours? And I could keep going. I mean, I, I, I sort of don't want to stop. You know, um, but uh, the hour is getting late. Of course, uh, you know, you're down in uh, Florida. Yeah. You're, yeah. Which I sort of hate you for your weather right now because. Oh. Um, uh, you look pretty warm and toasty, and uh, I'm sort of buried in a lot of snow and ice right now. Jealous? Uh, yeah, I'm in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, so I'm right on the lake. And, um, Jealous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyhow, you are an extremely awesome person, and I appreciate you. that you've been talking with me tonight, um, just going with the insanity, and that you were just so just so open it's uh it's really cool but uh again i'm gonna post links up to your imdb where awesome. people can check you out and uh hopefully i'll find some clips and different things that i can post up as well um but uh i hope we're gonna do this again because oh uh, heck yeah yeah our goal for movie next time awesome witches. it's your Jim, turn it's your turn so you Jim uh, Henson witches. <laughs> all right all right i'm writing it down i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that and uh awesome and if it's anything as awesome as uh, Wait Until Dark, then I have no worries. So It's it's a bit different. Remember, it's Roll a Doll. So. That's all right. That's well, all right. It's a children's movie, but it's pretty creepy. I, I know you it. have great taste, so that's all that matters. <laughs> so, so, Thank you for having me, as always. <laughs> anytime, anytime. So uh, that's what we got this week for uh, the electric chair. You know, uh, of course, electrichairshow.com. And uh, MidnightCorey.com is my personal blog where I post weird shit a lot of times. Of course, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Google+. And I'll be back on Twitter soon after March. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'll keep you up on that. And hopefully you'll you'll be my friend on Twitter. Of and you'll course. Follow me. Awesome. I'll awesome. I'll send you the link as ASAP. I hope so. So, Melanie, awesome. thank you again. It has been thank awesome you. as always. And uh, hey, hey, let's keep up. So. Heck yeah. All right. Good night. Later, Gator. Thanks for picking up my broken teeth. I spit them out because I can't swallow anything. Mouth 
washes pumping through my veins Just to help me get me on my feet and clean again Coming straight out of your mouth and into the ground Coming straight out of your mouth and into the ground Taste the flavor, I'll be taking pains To do the things I gotta do to be the same I don't feel the way I think I seem Maybe I can work it out in surgery Coming straight out of your mouth and into the ground Coming straight out of your mouth and into the ground Same thing out of your mouth and it'll flow